1: It's Tuesday, November 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe Beat writer. Hoynes, the American League Rookie of the Year uh, and National League, I guess. Uh, The Rookie of the Year Award. The Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year Awards were handed out in the American and National Leagues last night. Kyle Lewis, the center fielder for Seattle, and uh, Devin Williams, the relief pitcher for Milwaukee, claimed the awards. I think both pretty much uh, deserving uh, of them. Uh, surprisingly, uh, James Karenchak, the Indians reliever, uh, finished sixth place. He only got uh, what five third place votes out of the thirty uh, possible votes, uh, so he finished sixth. And I, I, I believe Luis Robert uh, finished second to uh, um, Kyle Lewis in those in, in the voting. Uh, what did you think of the the way the votes shook out and the way the award uh,
0: you know went? Yeah, you know, I thought the uh, Kyle Lewis was a unanimous pick, right? Thirty right uh, named on first thirty first place uh, votes. You know, we, we talked yesterday about uh, Devin Williams. I didn't think he would win the award, you know, just simply because he was a reliever. Uh, you know, it didn't you know wasn't like an everyday guy, but you know he won it. Uh, and that if you looked at the voting, Joe, that was a split. A lot of yeah. A lot of, Three, among the three uh, top guys, there was a lot of splits on the uh, first place votes.
1: Jake Cronenworth of San Diego, uh, Alec Baum uh, of uh, the Phillies was the, the, the third guy. So, yeah, uh, Devin Williams wins the award. He becomes the first pitcher to win the Rookie of the Year award without registering a win or a save at all during the season. I mean, his his numbers were ridiculous, uh, 0.33 ERA, point. Uh, 6-2 uh, whip, and, uh, you know, those numbers it just spoke to the dominance. Uh, he used his changeup, which was just uh, the the most dominant pitch, I think, uh, per 100 pitches or uh, per uh, – for, for pitchers, for pitches that were thrown at least 100 times, he registered the highest whiff rate uh, with his changeup. I think Shane Bieber's curveball was third with like a 52% whiff rate, but uh, but Devin Williams was higher.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting vote too because the the Milwaukee guys didn't vote for him for first place. I think yes. he, he, you know, he got an, they vote, both voted for him in the top three. I think, but that's it. You know that usually your, your guys are going to vote for you. That so that that showed you just you know what a kind of a, you know kind of a, you know that that limbo area that that the role he had you know wasn't really you know how do you define it I guess.
1: Well, I mean, he was a dominant reliever, but, you know, he had a dominant reliever behind him in Josh Hader, too. I mean, Hader was a guy who didn't give up a, a, a run until he came to Cleveland, I think.
0: Right, exactly, exactly.
1: So, yeah, I, I, I can see how you, you could reason your way out of it. But, boy, those are, those are going to be some awkward Zoom meetings when, uh, <laughs> when things get back to, uh, you know, the, the offseason, I guess, uh, between the, the, the beat writers there in, in Milwaukee. Could you imagine – if, uh, you know, if James Karinchak had finished first in the Rookie of the Year voting and nobody from the, 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 the local chapter here in Cleveland had voted for him for, for Rookie of the Year, just imagine how awkward and weird that would have been. Uh, I, I mean, uh, James Karinchak's Zoom calls are, are already awkward and weird enough. He's, he's very, <laughs> very, uh, you know, reserved and, and not, uh, you know, soft-spoken in the first place.
0: Yeah, those guys don't forget those, that kind of stuff. They remember that like uh, they, they've, they, they've got the memory of an elephant in that one for those things. Spinning forward to the
1: uh, American and National League Manager of the Year awards. Those will be released tonight at 6 p.m. on uh, MLB Network. Uh, the uh, presumptive favorite there in the American League, Kevin Cash. You've got Charlie Montoya and Rick Renteria, who is currently unemployed. Uh, over in the National League, I think you've got uh, Jace Tingler. Uh, you've got Don Mattingly with the um, with the Marlins, and the the third, I, I believe, is Mike Schilt. Yes, uh, yeah. with the with the Cardinals. Uh, who who do you think is taking home the awards there? I I think one's pretty obvious. The other one uh, could be pretty
0: obvious too. Yeah, I, I think probably Mattingly, would be, you know, the, the NL manager, <laughs> and then probably Kevin Cash. I would think you know, the Tampa base manager based on, uh, you know, T- uh, Tampa did a great job in, in a really probably one of the best divisions in baseball. And they had to stay in that division basically. And uh, the Marlins, you know, kind of, you know, they almost ruined the game. They almost brought the game to its knees with the, uh, their, uh, the outbreak of the virus and then came back to make the postseason.
1: Yeah. The, the two managers of the teams that almost, uh, you know, closed baseball down, the Marlins, and the uh, Cardinals uh, are, are up for the award and, and probably to, to reward them for, for you know, persevering and getting their teams through uh, to play as many games as possible. Uh, Cash obviously won 40 games with the, with the Rays, but uh, the awards were all voted upon and you know tucked away and all the votes were counted before uh, the sixth inning of game six of the World Series, so nobody's going to uh, second guess. If uh, if Cash wins the award, but that'll certainly make it into the lead. I think I, I think on a lot of
0: stories. Yeah, not, you you people don't forget that. That's uh, yeah, you know Kevin is going to have to live with that, and uh, until he gets the gets back to the World Series, hopefully, and wins it the next time.
1: Right, he'll be like uh, like Steve Young after the nineteen ninety five Super Bowl. Uh, you know, getting taking the the proverbial monkey off his back. If he ever gets back and wins, uh, that'll be. That'll be Kevin Cash, what he hopes for. Uh, in other manager managerial news, I guess, uh, I, I guess when you hire a 76-year-old manager uh, for the second time in your franchise's history, uh, or not, hire the same guy twice uh, in Tony LaRusso, I guess you don't anticipate having to deal with uh, DUI charges uh, against a, a guy who uh, by all means, is, is getting close enough to the age where he shouldn't be driving in the first place. But uh, Tony La Russa, uh, uh, word gets out that uh, just a day before he is announced as the new White Sox manager, uh, he was arrested on a DUI charge from uh, earlier this year in Arizona. Uh, this to go along with his, what, 2007 uh, arrest and charge when he was in Florida uh, managing the, the Cardinals so that's uh, that's two for Tony La Russa, and it's already sort of led to a, a little bit of uh, controversy. Obviously, this is the the La Russa hire was a uh, Jerry Reinsdorf hire. That's he's gonna live and die with it. But uh, does it make it uh, sort of less of a destination now for free agents? Uh, Marcus Stroman, free agent pitcher for the uh, from the Mets, uh, had recently just uh, just within the last couple of hours tweeted. Uh, how ridiculous it is that LaRussa you know uh, did this twice and uh, basically takes his name out of the running for uh, signing a free agent deal there in Chicago is is this going to be a a black mark against the White Sox now uh, moving forward
0: yeah it's it's an interesting case joe it's nothing to laugh about uh, you know dui uh, operating while, uh, a vehicle while impaired it's it's a you know it's a serious offense and obviously LaRussa is a repeat offender uh, and especially in Arizona, I mean, you get you get I, I don't know if it's as strict as it used to be, but, you know, they had they used to have tent city for DUI drivers. They would put them in the uh-huh. desert out there. And that was that was not ask Mark Grace about that. the you know, former Cubs first baseman. He had he was he was uh, kind of had uh, served his time out there uh, in the desert and sleeping in tents. So I don't know if that's what's in store for Tony La Russa or not, but. Uh, it is, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if it's a d- detriment to, uh, to to recruiting to the White Sox. Obviously, they said they knew, you know, about this beforehand, and they still hired them. So they probably, they, it doesn't seem like they were worried about it. But the blowback from uh, potential free agents, that's a completely different story.
1: Yeah, I, I would think that, you know, maybe a, a guy like a Marcus Stroman who, who might have, um you know, some sort of history. We don't know uh, what his past experience is with, with uh, you know, people in his family, maybe, or, or, or whatever. So that, that could be a huge red flag for a guy. Uh, if you take yourself out of the running for major free agents to sign with you because of, uh, you know, basically a character issue on a guy who's a, a Hall of Fame manager. That's, that's the other thing is, you know, how does the, the Hall of Fame look at something like that when, you know, he's already a member? It's, it's, it's just a, a, an unfortunate thing uh, for sure. But, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, what potential discipline, if any, from, from the league is there, if if that's something, does he have to miss any games or, or, or whatever from, uh, from major league baseball? I don't know if the commissioner's office even gets involved in something like that.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, what it's still in, in the process of the courts, right. It's still in the hands of the courts uh, it's getting decided. So, I, I would imagine they'll let that, you know, work itself out and then may perhaps a league steps in, but it's not the best example, you know, obviously, uh, you know, when players, uh, you know, are arrested for similar offenses, you know, they're kind of taken to the cleaners here and then, you know, mm-hmm. they take, they take their share of, uh, you know, uh, some criticism. So, you know, and then it do- goes double almost for the managers. So, you know, you've... <laughs> Obviously, this is something to watch and, uh, you know, in the, depending how long Larusa manages the White Sox, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be something hanging over his head. Right.
1: All right. Moving on. Uh, only other news, uh, Indians related news that came out uh, Monday evening. The Indians uh, finally completed the Mike Clevenger trade with San Diego, uh, sending right-handed pitcher Matt Waldron to the Padres. Uh, Waldron's 24 years old, the 18th round pick of the Indians in the 2019 draft. Uh, he is a University of Nebraska product. Uh, minor leagues, uh, I believe he played what the the one season. Yeah, uh,
0: 2019.
1: 2019, he was 4-0 with a save and a 2.96 ERA in 14 outings uh, for the Arizona Rook- Arizona Rookie League and the uh, the short season uh, Mohoning Valley Scrappers. Um, so, in total, it was, what, a nine-player deal? The Indians sent Clevenger, uh, Greg Allen, and Waldron to the Padres, got back Josh Naylor, Austin Hedges, Cal Quantrill, along with prospects Gabriel Arias, Joey Cantillo, and Owen Miller.
0: So, yeah, I forgot it was a. I I mean, that's a big trade. You know, when you look back on the nine players, and uh, we still don't know much about – exactly what the Indians got back. You know, we still don't know who won the deal. uh, And we won't know for, you know, two, three, four years. Maybe it's young, considering how young those three prospects are. Um, You know, we do know that, uh, you know, Clevenger came down with a sore elbow, sore forearm, was only able to make, what, four starts for the Padres and pitch one inning in the postseason. But, you know, fortunately for Mike, he's not going to, right now, you know, the prognosis was after the season, he wouldn't need surgery. So, you know, hopefully he's able to put this behind him and uh, comes back and pitches well for the Padres next year. And, uh, you know, what do you think about Naylor, Hedges and, and, uh, um, uh, and, and Quantrell? I I think I, I
1: I would like to see what uh, Quantrell can do as maybe a number, you know, five starter in that rotation uh, or, or, you know, possibly in that role that, Adam Plutko wasn't necessarily as effective in last season, uh, getting spot starts here and there and and then working as a a long man out of the, uh, out of the bullpen if possible. He's done both. He obviously wants to be a a starter. That's what he's trained for basically all his life. So, uh, and, and he said as much Uh, as far as Naylor goes, I, I wouldn't put it past them to try playing Naylor at first. I, I really wouldn't. I think if, if you don't, acquire some sort of first baseman, some sort of guy who, you know, like a Dominic Smith from the Mets or or something in a, in a trade for Lindor, then you're, you're looking at the possibility of Naylor or Bowers or Bobby Bradley, some combination or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Naylor goes out and wins that and, and, and forces, uh, forces
0: the Indians to do something with Bowers. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. And um at least we saw some flashes of what you know attracted the Indians to Naylor in the postseason. Right. What he had five, six straight hits in in the two uh, you know wild card games. So you know that's encouraging. Um, and uh, you know Hedges, you know we, we didn't really see a whole bunch of him, but you know he's got a good reputation. You know, and he's probably fits into that backup role behind uh, behind uh, Perez uh, and Quantrill. Yeah, I, I like Quantrill. I think. Yep. Uh, you know he throws a little harder than I thought, ninety five, ninety six. Um, you know wants to start, and uh, he'll probably get a shot to start. I would think, depending, you know what do you know what do they do with? Uh, are they really going to trade uh, Carrasco? I, I'm not sure, but if they do, that certainly creates a space for him.
1: Yeah, I'm convinced that they are shopping Carrasco. That you know when. When the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts, they also traded David Price. They they yeah. set David Price because of David Price's giant contract, and you know the the Dodgers were didn't even think twice about that. They were the prize was Betts. Uh, Price didn't even pitch uh, this year. He he opted out right. and missed the whole season. Uh, if if you're trading Francisco Lindor to a team that can afford to sign Francisco Lindor, then they can also afford to take on Carlos Carrasco's $12 million salary.
0: Boy, that's a, you know, I did not put those two together, but uh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you can find a, if the Dodgers will take, a, uh, will they take Lindor and Carrasco? But I uh, know uh, that, you know, if, how if ridiculous looking... is their rotation? If they do, Carlos, yeah.
1: Carlos Carrasco is the third or fourth starter in that. In right. that they do. Uh no, it, it, that definitely cuts down the number of teams that could afford that package, but it also sweetens your return if you're if you're the Indians. You know, you're giving up a, a year of control of Lindor, but Carrasco is for what he he the numbers that he can put up in a season. He's very affordable at twelve million dollars this next season. So, uh, I mean, that's that's bargain basement
0: for you know a guy who can do what what Cookie can do when he's healthy. Yeah, you know, you've got a guy that is probably, you know, guarantees you probably in the in a regular season what 25 to 30 starts, he's going to bump up to close to, you know, 200 innings, he's going to give you 220, 230 strikeouts probably if he's healthy and everything, you know, works well. So, uh yeah, that's uh that's he he's an an intriguing guy this winter. You know, Joe, I was reading something that uh Jackie uh, – an NL, uh, AL Central team had expressed interest in uh, Jackie Bradley. What, and, he, well, and what do you – I mean, do you think the Indians would be interested in Bradley to play center
1: field? I, I don't know what the price tag is, obviously. Yeah, the, the, the price tag – because he's got what? Uh, he's coming into arbitration, right? He's Well, yeah,
0: yeah. He's a free agent. He's out there. He's a free he's, agent. Oh, he's a free
1: agent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no – I just can't see the Indians spending money. Yeah, that that, that does it's not going to happen. They're they're looking to reduce. Uh, I, what do you think the Indians' payroll is going to be this year? That's good. Yeah, I think it's going to be under fifty million. Yeah, it could be. You, if they can, and if they can manage to get rid of Carrasco, it could be under forty million. Yeah. So and and I, and I don't say get rid of Carrasco as in I you know you wouldn't want him here. You definitely want Carlos Carrasco here it's just what can the the franchise afford? I don't, I don't think it's possible. You it, that brings in all of the emotions and all of the, you know, the sentiment about, about cookie, the Indians love cookie and cookie loves being with the Indians. It's, it's obvious. It was made more obvious the last two seasons, but you know, at, at this point, the, the contract that he signed to, the Indians
0: can't afford. Yeah, that's uh that's a good point. And, uh, you know, we just don't know what this off season is going to bring. But we do know there there, there's going to be a lot of you know there's going to be some people that that were here at the end of this season that are no longer here when opening day rolls around in 2021. Right. It's I I, I just hearken back to Chris Antonetti
1: and his just somber and dire sort of tone when asked at the end of the season about finances and, and not just in in all of baseball but the indians specifically and he said it it's it hit hit the in the, the industry to the tune of billions and it hit the, the indians to the tune of tens of millions and just thinking about the, the the club having to you know take out loans or take out you know collateral just to 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 pay salaries and things
0: that's that's not a good situation at all yeah, and uh, you know, Ch- uh, uh, Charlie Montford, the owner at the, the Rockies, wrote a letter to uh, the ticket, season, you know, the season ticket holders of the Rockies, and in it he said that you know teams averaged a uh, losses of a hundred million dollars each. You know, that was kind of spread over. Obviously, some lost more than others, but you know, that's a big chunk of change right there if you're talking about the Indians
1: do the Indians shift gears maybe and try and find another minority partner like uh, like they did with John Sherman in, in 2016? Or is that the type of move that you sort of, you weather the storm right now as much as you can and then you wait until you're back in a position to be able to contend before you pull the trigger on something like that? Because no potential minority partner is going to want to just dump money into uh, a pit right now. But when you can convince him or, or that, that potential partner that, you know, there's maybe a, a path to a championship like there was back in 2016. Uh, there, they may be a little more willing to sign the check.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think, uh, I don't think they will be, I don't think if, if they can get a, bring a, you know, a minority owner on now, Paul Dolan can find one. I don't think he's going to wait. I think he'd bring them on, but as soon as uh, he can, but potentially that would, perhaps the Indians are more attractive when, uh, you know, they're they're, they're kind of, Moving, moving toward the postseason instead of retreating from it.
1: All right, well, and that's it's it's scary to hear and scary to 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 sort of say, but that's you know probably the position that they're in right now. Uh, as for it, as opposed to being a win now team, they're they're just sort of you know uh, maybe hope to hope to continue their success sort of now thing. Uh, all right, well, again, manager of the year voting uh, tonight. Uh, will be revealed, and then uh, the, big, uh, the big guns come out on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, the Indians with Shane Bieber in the race for Cy Young and Jose Ramirez in the race for MVP. We'll see if, uh, if there can be uh, uh, some positive news coming out of those two results uh, later on this week, but until then, we'll uh, get back with you again on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.